This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Philippians chapter 4. Let me ask you, what is the theme of the book of Philippians? I think I heard it. Somebody help me. I heard it. Rejoicing. Over and over, Paul talks about rejoicing. Where is Paul writing from? Prison. All right, so had he spent too many cold nights in a dungeon and uh, his, his mind wasn't working like it needed to? What is he doing talking about rejoicing when he's in chains? Well, he was ready to be offered. He knew that the time of his departure was at hand. It wouldn't be long, and he'd be looking at Jesus. And so he's rejoicing. He had run a good, uh, good race. He's ready to meet the Lord. But throughout this book, he's writing to saints, helping them to be able to keep their perspective, to have peace, and to continue to rejoice as well. And so you see this in Philippians chapter 4, and I've lost count how many times I've taken the people of God, and the Holy Spirit has taken my mind to this passage. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Suggestion or command? Okay, I, I think it's a command. We're to walk in the Spirit, right? And the fruit of walking in the Spirit is love and joy. When you look at the word rejoicing, is that word in that word? Obviously it is. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, right? Your holding in, governing yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit, Let your moderation be known unto all men. Why? The Lord is at hand. Paul had a deep sense of the fact that very soon he was going to see the Lord. So that was cause for rejoicing, but it was also cause for carefulness. Now so much of our rejoicing, our joy, is dependent upon the thoughts that we think. You do realize that you're the result of what you think. I'm glad you're, you're not what you eat, but you do become what you think. All right? And so the Lord gives us, through the Apostle Paul, really a short list of things that we are to think. If you're going to have a life that's rejoicing, joyful, and a testimony, and a life that has peace, there are just some certain things that you need to think. And so we look at verse 6, the opposite of the rejoicing is fear and anxiety. And he says, be careful, anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep, that's the word guard, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there's a simple formula in verse 6 that leads to the peace in verse 7. Don't be anxious, but when you start to sense anxiety in your heart, that's another word for anxiety, it's fear. And we take up this topic of COVID, you know what? It's driven by fear. It is. And does that fear honor the Lord? Not if we're not to be fearful, anxious about anything. God says don't do that. But in everything, here's the formula, prayer, supplication, which is, and we've looked at this in the past, it's the idea of pleading with the Lord. You get on your face before God, you pour out your heart to Him, you bear your soul to Him, and you continue to pray and to seek His face including even going to his word. Prayer, pleading, with thanksgiving, or we we could say there, with praising. 
giving thanks, giving praise to the Lord. If you pray, you plead, and you praise. And by the way, thanksgiving will help your perspective. It really will. When you're praying about COVID and the fact you're still here, that's reason to give thanks. Right? So praise, answers to prayer, others that we've prayed for. God sent healing to them. But with praise, let your request be made known unto God. And what's he promised? The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Now I'm glad he included that part about understanding. Because there are Christians that are convinced unless I see everything that's happening, I'm not going to have peace. You know what God promised? I'll give you peace even though you can't know everything that's happening. It's okay, I'll take the peace, amen? That, that settled assurance, that confidence from the Lord, everything's okay. Why? Because the good shepherd, he's not just beside me, his spirit indwells me. The peace of, uh, the pass of all understanding will guard your heart. Now, it's the same idea when we're told to keep our hearts, guard our hearts with all diligence, because out of it are the issues of life. If you let your heart go, it will go, and it will go in the wrong direction. Back to anxiety, to fear, to doubt, to discouragement, to complaining. Guard your heart. What will do that? The peace of God. How do we get that? Prayer, pleading, praising. All right. Now, what about our thoughts? And I love verse 8. Would you read it with me? If, you've, if you're looking at this text together, let's read it in unison. Here we go. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now can I share a little nugget of truth about the end of this verse? The construction at the end of verse 8 is this. God only wants you to think these things. If you think outside these things, you're going to have trouble. Do you know what the what-if stick is? What if this happens? What if that happens? And Satan loves to pick up that stick, so does your friend, and beat you with it. Well, what, what, if, what, if I, uh, what if I get the vaccination? What if this article I read? What if my doctor's wrong? What if... And it'll pile more anxiety into your life. So only think what is true and honest and just. Oh, and of good report. You know why some believers are so fearful about this? Because they won't stop reading. You can only read so much about this before you feel like your head's going to explode. So of good report, is God still in control or isn't he? He is. Okay? If God is going to let you get sick, are you going to get sick? Yes. Should you try to do all you can as the temple of the Holy Spirit to avoid it? Yes. So things that are of good report. Think what is true and honest and just. Only think these things. Now last week in the service we gave you a list of other principles, God's truth that we are to think as well. Let me review those for us. We ask the question, is it sinful to take the vaccine? Consider who is making it, and if it harms the temple of the Holy Spirit. Those are the truths. All right, does the government have the right to require that we take it? That's another important question. We looked at Romans 13. How many of you remember when they start passing laws requiring that you wear your seatbelt. Okay? How many of you complain? Don't raise your hand. 
They have no right to tell me what to do in my car. And yet, in that case, we knew that they were trying to save lives, and in fact, it does save lives. As I said last week, the whole thing with the vaccine, I think initially, and I'll just say it under a previous administration, uh, there, we didn't know all that this was, they didn't know what this was, and so they were doing all they could to try to preserve life. All right, that's the truth. That's what's honest, okay? It's been politicized since then, all right? But does the government have the right to require this? And that, of course, is the big question that we're all facing, especially in light of our constitutional rights and rules that are being made by people who swore an oath to uphold those constitutional rights. And that's, that's the struggle. Do believers have the responsibility, the liberty, to follow their own conscience in getting the vaccine? We looked at that. In fact, the scripture tells us, don't go against your conscience. That's what makes it difficult for myself, Pastor Long, others that want to be a help to God's people, our pastoral staff. You have a conscience and the Holy Spirit is there for you as well. And so... We have to do what is only of faith, truly believing that it is God's will. And then we talked about some other matters last week also. And thank you again for your responses to us. But I want to just plead with us tonight to ask this first question. As I look to the future, as I consider, listen to news reports, read articles and so forth, what is driving my pursuit of knowledge? Is it in fact that I want to be careful before the Lord who owns my body uh, so that I stay healthy and I can continue to be a witness for Christ, a witness of Christ? I, I think the timing of this is of the Lord coming at a time when we're, we're getting ready for another missions conference. Uh, we are all going to die but until we do, we need to make sure that we're running a faithful race looking unto Jesus. All right? And so, hope this will be a help to you. And I'm going to ask Pastor Long if he will come. And we're going to start working through uh, the questions uh, that you have submitted to us. Pastor Long, is there anything else that you want to add? What's, what's been said? All right. All right. So, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to share this tonight again. I've got a mic. I'll let him stand here. That's the hot spot. This, this isn't all right. All right. Let's, let's begin looking at some of these, these questions together. Uh, first of all, let me, um, let me start with this one. I think this is the easiest one to, to uh, answer. Uh, let me find it here. All right, I'll summarize. The question was this. Uh, when it comes to the vaccine, uh, does it have, is there any connection with the mark of the beast and the Antichrist? All right? We addressed that last week, and you can read things online where people are writing saying that there, there is a connection. Pastor Long, I'll let you respond to that, and then uh, I'll, I'll follow up. To say that it's the mark of the beast, I would say no, it's not. And I think I could say that fairly dogmatically because we have to have a consistent eschatology, a study of the end times. And that is this. We have preached and we have taught, and I believe it is biblical, that there's a rapture. Amen. And so to say that we are starting to receive the mark of the beast would mean that what we've been preaching and teaching as a church has been an error. And I am not ready to go there. Uh, and so as we look at the book of Revelation, the church will not be here. We will be raptured away, and that is the eschatological view that we believe is biblical Amen. and in our, uh, in our, our, our view of, of our study of the book of Revelation. But let's say that's not the way the question is being asked, not is it the mark of the beast, but is it like the mark of the beast? Or is it, as some people have said, there's a conditioning of uh, of 
of people to one day receive the mark of the beast? And I would say, yeah, probably. As you see the time approaching, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. So as I look at this situation, I say, yeah, it is quite possible that this is a precursor to something like that, where you will read the book of Revelation, you won't be able to buy or sell unless you have a mark of some sort. And so, uh, again, though, I think there's ramifications, though, of the mark. And if you read that in the book of Revelation, it says not only those who receive the mark, but also worship the beast. And I do think that those things have to go together in the book of Revelation. Now, if you receive a vaccine, I don't think you're complicit in a global order. But I also, I mean, it's in your heart. I don't think you're worshiping a beast as, in addition to that. Uh, and so that would be my uh, say. So it's two things. One, is it the mark of the beast? I think I could dogmatically say no. But two, is it like that? Yeah, I mean, the world is increasingly getting worse and worse. And one day there will be a time when the, the, there will be a strong delusion sent so that people will believe a lie. And I'm thankful to say that we will not be here Amen. as a church. Amen. All right. Uh, excellent uh, response. Also consider this. It is the mark of the what? The beast. In other words, those who receive it know it's been mandated by Antichrist. Okay. I, I don't know what you think of our political leaders, but they're not it. At least not yet. Okay. All right. Be careful with that. It's the mark of the beast, and so... Those who take it understand that they're being required to do so from an antichrist. I mean, that he is demanding worship from the world. We're, we're not dealing with anything like that, folks. Plus, remember the scripture says that if you get the mark, you're eternally damned. You can't go to heaven. Would our Savior, who loves his bride, the church, not raptured yet, would he allow something where we didn't know what we were getting, and oops, it's that. Not my Lord. And I hope you have a better understanding of your Lord than that. But I think what it does reveal is this. People are sheep. And they will follow goats. And given the right pressure and, and political environment and so on, you can get them to do just about anything. And if, if the vaccine and all these mandates, if that's teaching us anything, that people don't think for themselves and they will follow. And then, of course, we can take it a step further. If you're following what's going on in Australia where they're using facial recognition, recognition to track people, who haven't been vaccinated, if you are not saved tonight and you go into the tribulation, you say, well, I'll just go hide someplace. No, you won't. There will be no place to hide. And this whole matter about buying and selling, being able to keep your job and so on, uh, for Christians who have the Holy Spirit, and we all do, these tones are ominous. And they, they cause us to realize the trumpet's going to sound pretty soon, I believe. We need to be ready. All right. All right, good. Moving on. Remember what we said last week that the government has, not, has done a very poor job communicating about this. And so we grow suspicious when we hear news reports even come on out of other countries where they're taking seriously antibodies. What's God's mechanism for fighting disease in our bodies? You build up immunity. Other countries like Israel are taking that very, very seriously and are making statements based on that science. Again, there's crickets on some of this when it, when it comes to uh, what, is, what is happening stateside. And so uh, this, this question does, uh, let, me, let me find it here. Number five. Number five, thank you. 
I had COVID and tested positive for the antibodies. Why should or why would I get vaccinated? Pastor Long. I would say ask your doctor. Um, I, that makes sense to me, but I am not a virologist. I am not one who studies this. I will say this, that uh, back in uh, about a month ago, uh, Surface uh, Forces Atlantic came down, they said, as they were starting to push out the antibodies, or I'm sorry, out the vaccine and say, hey, that's going to be a mandate. The Department of Defense is going to mandate everybody be vaccinated. Uh, they said, are there any requests for information? And they asked all the commanders that, and of course our commander came down to, this, uh, to our, our staff and said, are there any, que any questions? So I put in there, I pulled out what's called a BUPERS instruction, Bureau of Personnel Instruction, and it's on religious accommodation. And one of the things about vaccination is that you, if you request accommodation for not, having been, for not, for not wanting a vaccine, uh, does, what is, in the, in the wording of it, is uh, what is the most least restrictive means possible so that you don't have to get that vaccination, but you can still maintain readiness and still be safe and still be immunized. So I ask this question. If we do not receive, if they do not have the vaccine, but they have had COVID, can they be tested for antibodies? And that would be considered as the least restrictive means to not receiving the vaccine. That question did go up and an answer did come back. And the answer was, no one has studied that. I don't know. That's just, I, I am not in that position to study it. But it is a, a legitimate question. So I would say, when it comes to things like this, talk to your doctor. Because they are, they're the ones that, uh, and if you don't trust your doctor, get a new doctor. Find someone you can trust uh, because uh, you have gone to them, I think, for years and, and times. And, and I, I think we're seeing our, our medical community being attacked. And I think, I think in some ways uh, um, we're just so in a society now we're so untrusting of everyone. And Christians should not fall into this where we just distrust everyone. I'm not saying blindly trust everyone. But if we're constantly being led by distrust, I think we're being led by our flesh at that right, point. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, I know that there are Christian doctors, there are Christian nurses, there are Christian people in the medical field. Talk to your doctor, find your doctor, talk to them, have this conversation with him or her about this. But that would be my recommendation is talk to someone who is a medical expert. Okay. All right. Amen. Rachel, wave, wave your microphone if there's anything that you want to add to this. I would absolutely agree with them. Um, Sorry, y'all. I mean, I have weekly meetings, y'all, with our senior leadership across our organization. Just talking about those things we put between um, Centera and Riverside, which are two large organizations in the area from a healthcare perspective. We are pushing out as much information as we can get to y'all. Go to their website. There's tons of information. Here's nothing makes my heart happier when I tell people the physician works for you not the other way around. So educate yourself and go in with the questions that you need answered and have the conversation with them. So you walk out educated and informed. And to your point, trust but validate. And that's your way of doing it so that you can, um, you know, again, make an informed decision. We talk about consents. You know, I talk about informed decision. We want to get you the information so you can make the right decision for you. Amen. All right. And I, I appreciated what Pastor Long said. We're not doctors. I'm, please understand, I'm not standing up here. He's not standing up here. We're not pretending to be what we are not. We're just trying to give, give you guidance on how to get to the truth. All right? And, and so wanted to mention that. Also... Understand that when statements are made, for instance, we do know, I mentioned a case in Illinois, a family member. Uh, we, we have read the headlines, uh, the investigations going on in New York where they were manipulating numbers and people that were not dying of COVID, it was marked that they had died from COVID. Uh, Rachel, not again, not putting her on the spot, one of her jobs is to validate if indeed a death in a hospital system, their system, was in fact COVID. If somebody marked that, she validates. And so 
there are hospital systems that are doing a good job making sure that the numbers are accurate. All right? And so, please, anything I said last week, it's not uh, you always, you never. Okay? It's not one of those things. Uh, there are places where it is accurate, but overall, the statistics, I think, have been impacted because of... of and just to give him a little bit of um, feedback when they made that comment, I cringed in my seat, y'all. My job is to ensure that the hospitals that I work at meet the regulatory requirements that are mandated but to them by CMS, the state, and other organizations. So one of them is when he, when the statement was made, my mind, the alarms went off in my head and I was like, fraud, fraud, fraud. And that's why your hospitals are being investigated in, in New York, because those physician medical records have to have enough information to validate the um, diagnosis that was in the medical record. And there are coders and people that go through those. I'm looking at people shaking their heads, so some of you are probably understand what I'm saying. Because we want to get paid. You know, I wish we could offer free health care, but we can't. But we have to have enough for information. It has to be the right information. So um, I feel bad for those organizations that are being, but it's, it is, uh, it is the regulation, it is the law. It is a federal law. Remember CMS, Medicare and Medicaid, just happens to be an insurance company that is funded by the federal government and we all know they will get their money or, or make you pay it back if they take it, if you've gotten it. All right, and of course, as soon as it goes to the government level, that immediately made some of you suspicious. We understand that and in many cases for good reason. But again, who knows the real numbers? God does. And the, his plans, his care of you, is, is that limited or changed at all because there are dishonest people in this world who love money, and it is the root of evil if you love it, okay? And so we, we all have to live with that. But again, God is in control. And the next... The next question that piggybacks on this, if numbers are cooked for COVID deaths, isn't it reasonable to expect that deaths from vaccine are cooked too? All right. I'm going to make you sweat on this one, Pastor. Because um, I'm going to, it sounds like I'm going to contradict myself and say don't trust anyone. Uh, and uh, because I just said, hey, we can't get into so, such a distrusting attitude. But I think what we're finding is, well, let me go back to the question. It starts with if numbers are cooked for COVID death. I don't, we have at our fingertips access to information. And it's incredibly dangerous because I'm not sure who is vetting that information. Now, I say that, but I also say this. Logic does come into play at some point. And if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's probably a duck, okay? And you, and you say, what do you mean by that? I say, it looks like, you know, I can, for example, I can look at last November and I could say, that election was really weird. I don't have to be a conspiracy theorist I don't have to say something was robbed. I don't have to go. I could just say it was weird. And if we look at these COVID deaths even, it just looks weird. But here's the thing. COVID has taken over our mentality, and we look at everything now through that perspective. And what we need to do is take a step back as Christians and say, as Pastor talked about just a few minutes ago, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are love. Let's start looking at it through that lens. We have a worldview given to us through the, by the scripture. Christians need to get, the church needs to get back to looking at it through that worldview. Amen. And what I mean by that and how we can do that is, does it matter? how the deaths come. They're still souls, and they have gone out into eternity. And I don't actually care. I know you might, and we might, because we say, well, I have a family member who died of this. It is in God's time. 
Now, I think we need to be wise and we need to be prudent in how we live. We still take medication. We still go see our doctors. We're not fatalists. We don't just throw it to the wind and say, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be, and we'll just throw it out there. No, we still live wise in this present world. But we have to live and leave it to God to direct our path and direct each other. And, to, and, and he knows what he's doing. He has the plans for us. And so I don't know. We say if the, number, if the numbers are cooked for COVID deaths, maybe I'm just speaking personally here, but to me it doesn't matter. I, I'm not getting on the Internet finding out what those numbers are. And then is it reasonable to expect the deaths from vaccine are cooked too? I think what that part of the question is implying, and I, and I know if you ask that, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think what it's implying is that people are dying more of the vaccine than what they're letting on. So while they're, the first part of the question is so people died and they called it COVID, now people are dying and they're not calling it vaccine and they're cooking those. I think that's what you mean. And I say don't get caught up in all of the the, the, uh, the, the race for, for information from, from the internet so you can solve because at the end of the day you've become sucked into that vortex and, and you really have lost sight of why we're here and that is to glorify God by winning souls. So the psalmist reminds us the Lord knows about the pestilence that runs in the darkness. Do you see anywhere in Scripture that he's promised to take away the pestilence that runs in the darkness? No. And you've heard this. Maybe you've thought this. It's like, all right, we have COVID. Now, now it looks like the flu went away. It, looked like the, it looks like the common cold went away. Well, it didn't. Well, I, it's the same symptoms. Okay. But, but here's, here's the point, folks. The flu, and Pastor Long talked about this last week, where did the Spanish flu really come from? Well, the reality is the flu is here to stay, and it kills a lot of people every year too. And your doctor may recommend that you get the flu shot. But you go, some of you get it, some of you don't, because some of you say, well, they're guessing, but maybe this is the strain and it will keep me healthy, it will keep me safe. Others say they're guessing, I'm not going to get it. All right. So you need to do before the Lord what is going to be best for your health. Guess what? COVID is the new flu. It's not going away. And I'm, I'm not a pessimist, and I hope I'm proven wrong. And you can remind me all you want where a year from now, it's just disappeared from the planet. Hallelujah. I'll hug you and say, yeah, I, I was wrong. I don't know that that's going to happen. Doubtful. So it's the new flu. We're going to keep uh, dealing with it. Again, what has happened that has made this really a precarious issue is you have to get the vaccine. That's what we're struggling with. And my challenge to you, again, is separate the politics and all the emotional energy, including the fear. That's why I said what I did tonight. Push it aside. Just look at it on its merits, what you can determine talking to your doctor. I, I hope as a church family, you know what reliable sources are, which ones are baloney. If you go to the internet and you, and you think, well, if it's there, there must be some truth to it. Please don't think that, okay? Um, and so, mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Uh, but go, go to sources that, where you know they're going to give you the news, they're going to give you the truth, that's their track record. Is there any source that's always going to get it right, yes or no? I didn't hear you. Are there sources that are always going to get it right? No. No. Except this source. Okay? So, you say... Uh, how, how, could, how could they say that? I say things and I get it wrong. I hope you'll keep listening to me. I don't, I, you know, I don't mean to misinform. We all have those, those struggles. And so we need to be led by the Holy Spirit, right? And, and so be very careful 
Again, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's why, ask your doctor. Um, if you want to call me, you want to call uh, Rachel, Pastor Long, one of our pastoral staff, we, we can research that together. We can even call our doctor. Let's get a consensus from them. Uh, but, but be very, very careful. All right, the next one then, this vaccine is not fighting a natural disease, but biological warfare. Doesn't that make it different than previous pandemics? Okay, interesting question, but it assumes something. It assumes that this is biological warfare. Those of you that are in the military, you know there's a difference between COVID and biological warfare. Big difference. Was this a test case or whatever? And I, I think we need to understand, in the reading that I've done about this, there are a lot of labs even in our country where they are testing some very dangerous things because used in the right dosage, okay, the right application, it can actually be a help to you. And so in those places, they're working with some of these agents, not because they're going to use it on our enemies. They're trying to find applications that will help you. So give you an example, all right? Uh, Renee's sister is a cancer survivor. Do you know how they treated her cancer? Arsenic. Don't pour that over your Cheerios, all right? Arsenic. Now, she's, she's got some side effects, but you know what? It saved her life. How many of you have heard of snake venom? Well, they, they use some of that too. Okay, so, so what I have read from reasonable sources and in some of these labs, and I don't trust the Chinese either, okay? But in some of these labs, they are working with agents that with the right application, it can actually be a help. Now, how it escaped, was it, was it uh, on purpose and so on? The fact that our government isn't talking about that makes me really concerned. Some are. Why aren't they talking about that? China is one of our enemies, let's be honest. Okay? Uh, so it, it makes me concerned that, there, that no one seems to be addressing that really in a serious way. But having, having said that, again, God knows. God knows, and I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, that there are medications that, that seem to be working and uh, perhaps even the vaccine to help folks uh, get a lesser case, uh, protect them. But I think, we, again, we have to be careful about calling this biological warfare. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, just one thought, and, and I don't, words mean something, uh, biological warfare, this is viral. Uh, and so uh, there is something very different between viral and biological, uh, ha but there is weaponized viruses are not new. Uh, and, and I mean, for example, uh, there have been governments who have been known to take smallpox laden blankets and give them to indigenous people and uh, to, to make them sick. Uh, and so it has been weaponized, there's been weaponized. So in this question, I'm not sure if the problem is that it's been weaponized, I think at the end of the day, we have to stop and take a step back and look at it. And, and, and I think there's senators and there's representatives who are saying, hey, we want to get to the bottom of this. And that's what their job is. That's, and I, I think they should, because there are a lot of questions. But as they get look at it, well, let's say we do find that it was done nefariously and by a uh, uh, not so rogue of a state, but by a state that wanted to cause harm. Then I then take a step back and I also look at that and say, okay, that was an act of war, if you will, and please know that I'm talking this is if, a lot of if, that was an act of war, then I would think that I can still, I still serve my nation. And so my nation was who that war was, that act of war was acted against. And so because of that, I, I think we got to get away from the idea of fear where we're just lumping the entire world into, uh, into this place where our nation does not want to take care of its citizens. Because if we do get to that and we are so uh, um, 
uh, into in that place in our in our society where our nation no longer takes care of its citizens, we're in a bad state. And so I just caution you that when we say things like, "Well, it was biological war," let the let the powers that be, let the government who wields the sword for a purpose, let them make that determination. Don't let the internet tell you that. That's all. Good. Good. All right. What about long term? And in this question, they whoever submitted this put unknown side effects. Um, and I want to underline that word unknown. It's a difficult question because we can't predict the future. Okay? Uh, again, we need to do due diligence to look at the science. I meant to mention this last time. Here's what we do know. We do know that young children who are getting the vaccine, it is having a very negative effect. Boys with their, their hearts and, and so on. Um, and so a, a young child, we do know those effects. There, there's enough cases now where as your pastor, if you came and said, do you think I ought to have my eight-year-old vaccinated? I would say, not based on what I've read, but I'm not your doctor. You can read, but you need to talk to your doctor and go armed with this information that this could have lasting uh, negative effects on your child's health. And by the way, look at the, look at the math. Uh, children are not the ones who are spreading this. They're pretty resilient. They're not the ones spreading this. And, and so uh, long term, if, if we do something that we think is right and then down the road we discover otherwise, then all right, then we change. Uh, but again, we trust the Lord to know that, that he is, he is working. Only God is all-knowing. Only God. And so we're going to have to go to him for guidance in these things. But again, we don't stay home and just cower and, and wait for the Lord to come back. We've, we've got work to do for him. And, uh, and so uh, we, we need to be very careful. The, uh, probably, and we're going to close with this because of time, but ultimately, does the government have the right to tell us we have to get the vaccine. Let's take a look into American Government 101. What rights do government have in our government? Only the rights given to them by the people. So to start the question is, does the government have the right to tell us to get the vaccine? By the Constitution, they also have, in the first words of the, or the Constitution known as the preamble, what does the role of government? We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. The government has the right to protect our peace. All right, now, they then, that's their, that's their obligation as opposed to right. That's their obligation. That's what we as an American people said, you will do this. When they cease to do that, this is why it's, it's not simply a, a good civic duty to get out and vote. It's when evil happens, as Edmund Burke once said, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And for years, good men and women have sat at home doing nothing on election day because they just felt their voice didn't matter. And that's why we have what we have. And so the government is operating through a worldview based upon the leadership that we have elected there. And so when we say, do they have the right, I would not say they out and out have a right to mandate the vaccine, but they do have the power of the purse, and they can withhold money and funds. And of course, if you've looked at the, uh, the different branches of government, the executive, judicial, and legislative branches, and they seem to blur lines and cross over and do each other's jobs, but the reality is, if you want to fix that, do your civic duty. And so, do they have the right now? I would say, though, that, uh, uh, that that's why it's all important to, uh, to elect officials that you may not know their salvation, but what are they espousing? They're espousing God-honoring uh, programs and, 
and an emphasis on that? Or are they rejecting that? Again, you have a worldview. Vote your worldview. Because the government exists, as Romans chapter 13 says, it is to wield the sword, it is to reward the reward or the doers of righteousness and to, to, uh, to bring judgment on those that do evil. It has a purpose, it has a job, and it is our government. And so we can sit back and, and we can say, and we can point our finger and we can say, wow, they just, they're just, it's so corrupt up in Washington. And then for years, Pastor, I don't know, I've been in churches and a lot of churches where it was kind of looked down upon if you ever got into government because you must have sold your soul. But guys and gals, we need people in civic duty right. who are going to stand up for what's right and make legislation that is God-honoring. And it may be an uphill battle, but we can either sit about and complain about it or we can get out and get busy serving the Lord, doing something about it. And really, the reality is, if we're waiting for Washington to revive itself, this nation will only be revived when the churches are revived. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to close with that. I know there were other questions. Please understand, we're not trying to avoid issues, but this is... This is really out of our wheelhouse when it comes to actual medicine. Some of you had questions about vaccines that other nations are using. My, my only response to that would be make sure you're praying for our missionaries because in those other lands, they have to follow those mandates and guidelines too while they continue to serve the Lord. So uh, we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, okay? And, uh, and then be led by the Spirit of God. We're called to be salt and light. We need to pray that we can lead quiet and peaceable lives. But then we need to influence. I can tell you right now, I have a pamphlet on my desk. This coming week, Lord willing, I'll be sitting down with the, some leaders of one of our cities here that in the local library system, they are pushing the whole gay sodomite agenda. And, and, and I would be out of the will of God to sit at home and not address that as a leader, this church, and in this community. And if you see anything like that, you need to make a fuss too. Well, do, it, do it in a way that honors Christ, but we have to stop looking the other way on things, folks. And if God, God help you if in the last election, instead of voting your principles, you didn't like somebody's personality, and that's what determined how you vote. Shame on you. We've got to have more discernment than that. And by the way, you need to study your history. Look back over the leaders of this country. They weren't all a, a bunch of nice Christians who always said nice things. But you know what? God put them there, and they got the job done. And they, they, they live based on principle. So watch, watch what they're doing. Uh, I, am, I am exercised that, that Christians are adopting this, this whole attitude that, well, may, maybe the liberal side has something about being, they don't have anything. They have nothing to offer us. And our nation is in the mess that it is because God's people aren't being salt and light. Okay? I don't care if you voted for a certain party all of your life. Wake up. Wake up. And by the way, it is time, early time to be voting. You can go down to your, uh, the city offices, wherever you live, and you can vote now. Vote early. Okay? Fill out the paperwork. Vote now. Uh, because as it gets closer to elections and we start hearing all this nonsense about mail-in voting and stuff getting lost in the mail, all that happens because if you don't have principles, you'll cheat to keep your power. And so we need to be out there in force voting and making our voice heard. And by the way, be there Thursday night. You will be encouraged and helped and challenged as you look around and you see all right, there are a lot of people here in Hampton Roads who do care for the right. All right, let's, let's stand together.
Father, thank you for our time tonight. And, and Lord, we, we truly have wanted to be led by you. Help us to exercise Philippians 4, 6 to 8. And Lord, to have an answer always for those that ask us of the hope that lies within us, that our feet might always be prepared as we read in Ephesians 6, uh, that our feet would be prepared to take the gospel, to dig in, have sure footing as a soldier of Christ, and to take the gospel. Lord, thank you for Brother Long. Thank you for Rachel. And, and Lord, uh, we face some difficult things. Folks that are deciding about the vaccine, deciding about their workplace, and whether or not they can continue to work there. Father, you said you would make the path plain and clear if we'll follow the light of your word. So lead us, guide us, we pray. Lord, I love this church family, but I thank you that they're your church and that you love them, Father, with the same love that you love the Son, and Jesus, you love us with the same love you have for the Father. Help us to take that love to the world now. Lord, prepare us for missions conference. And renew our vision, in spite of all the things that are going on around us. Lord, our need to be faithful witnesses. In Jesus' name, amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.